0: Welcome back to the podcast. I know it feels like it's been a minute, but I guess it's probably maybe been well worth the wait. And if you haven't been waiting in between episodes, then welcome to the next episode. Um, things happen in life, and we get bogged down with stuff. And unfortunately, podcasting sort of takes a backseat to other things that make him up. But we're back. We're strong. We're doing piecast Where me? I'm by myself. But I've got a great topic picked out. It's something Canadian and true crime and fits with the the weirdness that is the podcast. So I am going to be talking about the maple syrup heist. (laughs) Um, Most Americans probably don't know about it or haven't heard about it. Some Canadians may not know about it or may not have heard about it. But what could be more Canadian than... A maple syrup heist. In fact it's even called the great Canadian maple syrup heist. So to get into it I kind of want to go into a little bit more background of how maple syrup is controlled in Canada by sort of one organization. Um, The organization is called the Federation of Quebec maple syrup producers. Um, It's a government sanctioned private organization I guess is how It's sort of put um, they dictate basically maple syrup productions in Quebec and they produce 94% of Canadian maple syrup and 77% of the world supply. So that just goes to give you an example of how much maple syrup actually comes from Canada and how much of it actually comes from Quebec and is controlled by this crazy entity that feels the need to control maple syrup. So if you don't know how maple syrup is made or processed or what it is exactly or you're not sure maple syrup is tree sap trees maple trees are tapped their sap is drained at certain times of the year and it's processed for its sugar content and stuff there's not there's generally not additives put into it unless it's like some weird flavored maple syrup and the the pure real maple maple syrup is sort of the ones that are more expensive and more prized um, you see them a lot in like the canadian gift shop so if you're at the airport in canada likely there's little tiny maple syrup bottles that shape like a little maple leaf with the little gold cap on top or you go to the grocery store and you can get a big jar um probably like a standard bottle that you'd have on your dinner table for breakfast or whatever is gonna run you like 10 11 12 dollars and that's pretty standard. I mean you could go and get a bottle of like and Jemima or whatever for like probably $2 or you can get a bottle of pure maple syrup for $11 then you know what? It's worth it. You use less of it because it is it's more like concentrated and tastes better like the the finer taste of there so you're not going to completely drench your pancakes or waffles in it but you can and it's good and maple syrup is amazing and I can't imagine ever having pancakes or waffles without maple syrup being one of those weirdos (laughs) that doesn't put maple syrup on your pancakes or waffles so this federation in quebec it's the uh was it the fpaq is what it's called control maple syrup they control maple syrup for canada that's where most of the production comes and they're the ones that sort of run it so a little bit of background on them uh they started in 1958 the region south of quebec they sort of formed this plan to protect their rights as producers and collectively market their maple syrup and this sort of spawned a larger agreement in 1966 that they sort of agreed to basically be an entity Um, since 1989 they've had a collective agreement to market their product Uh, they establish policies negotiate selling strategies enforce a production quota Um, So that's something that is monitored. They have you know their quality criteria and promotions and all that sort of stuff and anytime that they're you know that someone comes in and they can't don't have an agreement or whatever there's like a whole arbitration and it's really like super organized basically. So in 2000 the federation became the exclusive sales agent for bulk sales and in 2004 they reformed the quota system um and in uh, as like as earlier recent i guess blah, 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 blah. <laughs> in 2017 the federation had five added 5 million taps due to the rise of foreign competition so they just added 5 million taps there's millions and millions of taps um the me- the full membership of them is 7300 maple syrup producers so most of them are in Quebec, Um, I don't believe that like they control any maple syrup producers that are outside of Quebec but it's probably harder I guess to to like you know control something that's out of the province. Quebec's Quebec's sort of this really weird province and that it's kind of like its own standalone so it's basically like if you're American you have Hawaii and Alaska they kind of just do their own thing Quebec's sort of that way they're part of Canada they don't really want to be part of Canada they want to be their own country and they sort of just do things on their own um they well majority is like French is spoken there and so like you know if you're touring you kind of like being a tourist you kind of need to know French and stuff but they kind of just they do their own thing that's how Quebec runs that's how they operate um they're excluded from all our contests much like Alaska and Hawaii and the states So that's sort of how Canada looks at Quebec. They're just this chunk that is between Ontario and the Maritimes and they kind of, you know, live their own life, (laughs) basically. Like their own little mini French country within Canada. So to kind of set up the background more for the great heist, (laughs) um, basically this reserve, like the, the, the FPAQ, they have a big reserve of maple syrup Um, warehouses and it's known as international strategic reserve. Um, It's also referred to as the global strategic maple syrup reserve. Um, Basically it is just the reserve of barrels and barrels and and barrels of maple syrup. Um, They monitor it, they have security, there's like a whole Process to it—that uh, sort of, you know, if you imagine of just like having a giant warehouse of of maple syrup. So, for the heist, um, over the course of several months between 2011 and 2012, somehow the suspects managed to siphon or steal or you know, however they did it, nearly 10,000 bottles from <laughs> from the reserve, which is kind of crazy. You think about how how much maple syrup you know is in 10,000 like giant barrels um I'm not sure it doesn't actually say like what size the barrels were but I'm picturing just like those big wooden like the size of like whiskey barrel sort of thing of maple syrup so 10,000 barrels is a lot of maple syrup it's crazy to think that people are stealing syrup to like sell on the black market because that's mental it's maple syrup Um, So the maple syrup was stored in unmarked white middle barrels in this reserve and only gets inspected once a year because, I mean, you're not going to go in and inspect, you know, millions of barrels constantly. So what the thieves did is they used trucks to transport barrels to a remote sugar shack in the woods, basically. So they took barrels out, they siphoned off the maple syrup, refilled the barrels with water. And then brought the barrels back to the facility so while you know they're they're not checking constantly how many barrels there are or what's in them these thieves are going and basically just just taking the barrels out all the maple syrup that's in them and filling them back up with water and hoping that you know that that it doesn't get noticed um because the reserve is sort of a bunch of warehouses that are located in a rural area it was a bit easier uh, for them to have access and to truck it out to a remote farm so it wasn't like you know in the middle of a city sort of thing Um, it was a bit easier so that's that's kind of how the main part that they did Um, and then I guess as the operation progressed along the way they started just siphoning directly at the reserve without even refilling them Um, they sort of got I guess cocky and greedy about it and they figured hey we'll just do it here and not have to worry about driving them off site and then we could just you know not even bother filling them up with water because by the time they come and check them like you know who knows when they're gonna they're gonna have a chance to to check them again basically um so what they did with the stolen syrup was they trucked a lot of it south to vermont which is a big maple syrup producer on its own in the states and they probably just you know resold it to them on the black market and They also brought it to New Brunswick and trafficked it there in small batches um, You know to not be so suspicious basically And it was typically sold to legitimate syrup distributors who are unaware So they probably thought that they were just getting it really from the source So they're you know taking it which they got for free from the reserve <laughs> They're selling it to these legitimate, you know store owners or distributors or whatever and even if they're selling it for at or below like the average market price, they're not going to think anything because they think it's coming from the actual facility in Quebec and the organization and the other ones are not having paid for it don't really care what they're getting paid because they got it for free, right? So it's crazy to think that maple syrup is this hot commodity like like drugs or electronics say you could sell on the black market i mean it's it's maple syrup um so what ended up happening was that as of august 2012 they were reported to have stolen roughly a thousand tons of maple syrup which at the time was worth about 30 million dollars from the one reserve <laughs> it's it's crazy to think of like how much a thousand tons of maple syrup actually is like just the the sheer amount of Syrup that they've stolen, and it was worth 30 million dollars. Like, that's crazy to think of. Um, that that's how much it is, and it was about a quarter of the facility's reserve. So, basically, it stole about a quarter of the maple syrup that was in, in the reserve. Um, about a month later, police seized maple syrup from New Brunswick. There was an exporter that was suspicious, I guess, um, and the police had been investigating him, so they, you know, charged him on suspicion that it had been purchased from a Quebec supplier that wasn't part of the the FPA key organization, That it was some other third-party one, and of course, because they're basically, they're kind of like the mob, it almost feels like it's, because it's not government-run, but it's a government-sanctioned organization that sort of controls you know, all the maple syrup, it feels like it's kind of like a version of the mob, basically, that controls the maple syrup, how the mob controls drugs. Um, so because the supplier wasn't part of the organization, the the New Brunswick supplier that it bought from the Quebec supplier was charged. Um, that sort of led to the investigation where they sort of took a look more at what had been happening um, over the next few months. They located more of the stolen syrup, but they were the police were sort of really unaware of about a third of the the maple syrup and what happened to it. Uh, much of it had been sold to buyers who were unaware of its origins. They didn't know that it was stolen maple syrup, and someone actually like were led to believe that it had been produced in New Brunswick that it wasn't actually from Quebec and even like the Quebec you know special maple syrup to begin with. Uh, On December 18th in 2012, police actually arrested three men known to have access to the warehouse from where the syrup was stolen. And 15 more people were arrested on December 20th. So the police, it didn't take them long to figure out, you know, basically what was happening (laughs) with the maple syrup heist and track it down. Um, It's, it's just, it's really, it's one of those things that's weird to me and you don't really hear about it that much it's kind of just like you know one of those like urban legend type things or whatever This the myths and in Canada basically um but yeah like these these dudes stole 30 million dollars worth of maple syrup and to think that like so they either had access to or were working there or whatever right and they were like hey you know let's just siphon off this maple syrup and sell it on our own and It's one of those things where it's like drug dealers, you know, when they branch out from the mob selling drugs or basically that's kind of how I relate it. It's, they were probably just tired of being like pushed around or how the maple syrup is dealt with. And they're like, you know what, fuck you. We're just going to steal it and sell it on our own. Um, So that was back in 2012 when they all got arrested. So, I mean, it wasn't very long before they figured it out. They would started this in 2011. In 2012, they sort of... You know the cops clued in and started arresting people um is basically what happened <laughs> with it um, so the dudes ended up being actually just so there was five guys that ended up being the main sort of ringless ringleaders um they were charged with a lot of the stuff there was more that were had been arrested but they were sort of like you know lower down the totem pole there was like the five main dudes sort of running things the accused ringleader Richard Vallieres French names are hard so I'm not going to pretend that I even pronounced it right Um, he was sentenced in April 2017 to 8 years in prison plus a 9.4 million dollar fine with an extension to 14 years if the fine was not paid Um, his father Raymond Vallieres was convicted of possession there was a new Brunswick based syrup reseller Etienne St. Pierre who was also convicted. Avic Karen was the insider whose spouse owned the warehouse. He was sentenced to five years in prison, plus $1.2 million fine. And Sebastian Jutars Jutras <laughs> was a trucker involved in the transport and he served eight months in prison. Um, the funny thing about this is it's actually been the subject of Movies and episodes, I guess you could say. Um, there's a TV series on Netflix, a documentary series called Dirty Money, and season one, episode five, is actually about the maple syrup heist. So if you're more interested in, you know, more details or seeing it in live for yourself sort of thing, you can check that out. Uh, I don't know if it's still streaming on Netflix, but it probably is, or you can find it somewhere, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, and there was also an episode of the show Elementary season five, episode 13 over a barrel where there was the same kind of thing where barrels are being brought in to New York, but they, you know, were smuggling maple syrup rather than cocaine. Um, so that's sort of how it was mentioned in popular culture. Um, and actually just January of this year, uh, two maple syrup producers, Natalie Bombardier and Danielle Goudreau, had their supply seized due to their refusal to sell surplus through the through the federation so (laughs) instead they prefer to sell their supply directly to the businesses so again that goes to show you how this organization i mean it's not really a big surprise that people were fighting back against them um you know stealing maple syrup doing what they want it's it really does feel like a mob type vibe and if you don't know about the heist and the history of that, then you probably don't know that this organization in Quebec sort of controls all the maple syrup because it's not something that is widely publicized. I mean, people don't really tend to sit there and think about where their maple syrup comes from. Especially in Canada, you're just like, cool, maple syrup, you know, some people may get it locally. Here in Ontario, um, rather in Northern Ontario, there are some people that produce it locally and they're probably, you know, small enough where they're not going to land on the radar of this, Quebec organization like I said I don't think they control stuff outside of Quebec basically so if you're in BC or you know Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario basically they're not going to control how you sell maple syrup unless you se- you start selling a bunch so if you start selling you know millions of tons or several thousand tons of maple syrup on your own they're probably going to find that out and pick up on that and probably try and bully you into you know making sure that that you sell through them or something. Who knows, right? So, that's my uh, my true crime story. It's a bit different. It's not, you know, typical true crime in that it's not about a murder or a serial killer or you know horrible torture assaults and stuff. It's about something super Canadian and a maple syrup heist. I thought it would be hilarious to do. Um, I know it's a bit of a shorter episode but I thought it would be funny to do do an episode on the maple syrup heist so if you enjoyed it you can let me know um do the whole social media thing I don't have social media for the podcast so you can just find me at cherry cyanide with two n's on twitter and instagram um the website littlegeeklost.com is where the podcast is hosted now so you can check it out on there but your feeds should still be the same. If you are having trouble with the feed or you notice anything, please reach out and let me know because I did move the feeds and the site and sort of merge it into Little Geek Lost a few months ago and I'm still finding little traces on the internet that maybe didn't get moved or updated properly. So if you do find that, please reach out, let me know. I had someone tell me about Stitcher recently, so I got that updated and hopefully, all the other feeds are working. Um, most sites tend to pull it from iTunes, which is correct. So hopefully <laughs> that is working. But like I said, if you have problems, reach out. Social media: Cherry Cyanide. The Cyanide is with two ends. The extra end is for extra awesome. Be sure to check out my other show, Little Geek Lost, which is my main show um, and my main website and blog and costume posts and you know makeup posts and all that sort of fun stuff um that's my main brand but little geek lost is sort of you know the main thing and piecast is sort of where i talk about weird stuff like maple syrup ice in quebec um hopefully you've enjoyed this and we'll tune in again